Well, praise the name of the Lord. Amen. We welcome everyone to join us by live stream this morning. Praise God. Uh, I believe God's got a good word for us today. Right. Amen. How I many of you know every word is good? Yes. How I many of you know that we're supposed to be doers of the word, not hearers only? Right. I'm just setting you up for later on, okay? Right. Amen. Have your Bibles. Hope you do. Open them to Romans chapter 12. For all you men, that's Romans chapter 12. You know, God had to tell us, talk twice to the man. Moses, Moses, Abraham, Abraham. And I want to bring to a close this morning uh, this portion of our series on renewing the mind. And I, I really do hope in my heart that this has been a blessing to you. It's definitely been a blessing to me. And, and, you know, I'm sure that God is not through with this subject. How many of you believe that? How many of you know that we're going to be renewing our mind until we go home to be with the Lord? And then when we see Him face to face, the Bible says we'll be liking. Praise God. But He's got more on this subject in our future. And uh, because if you really think about it, this is the one area of our lives as Christians that we never, ever need to, neg to neglect. Amen? We cannot neglect renewing our mind to God's Word. His Word says that His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Amen? His ways are higher than our ways. So when I get born again, I want to change my ways of thinking and my ways of living to match up with His ways of thinking and His ways of living. Amen? I believe a statement that Brother Hagen made years ago. He said, uh, he said, your mind doesn't stay renewed any more than your hair stays combed. Amen. For me and a few others in here, it don't take much to comb our hair. <clears throat> Which simply means the renewing of the mind is a daily, a weekly, a monthly, and a forever task. Yes, it's forever. Hallelujah. Uh, and as we move forward, I'm sure we'll have more teachings on this subject. But what's more important right now today is that we continue to feed on what we've already learned. How many of you learned something about renewing your mind? Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, thank God he ain't calling you out to say what you learned. Yeah. Amen. But we ought to feed on what we've already learned and continue to challenge the way we think. Why? Because Proverbs 23, 7 says what? See, the, I told you it'd be a test. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Now, we can read it like this because God's no respecter of persons. As a man or a woman think in their heart, so is he or she. Yeah. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. What you allow down in your heart gives you your mindset. It gives you your belief system. It's what you allow into your, down in your heart. And what you allow in your heart normally comes from your mindset. Your mindset is in the forefront of everything you are and everything you'll ever do. you got to think it before you do it. That's what Proverbs 23, 7 says. Amen? What you allow in your mind today is going to affect your decisions you'll be making tomorrow. That's just the way God's Word works. 
and you need to get a hold of that. You've got to get, every one of us need to get a divine revelation of this truth uh, where we all say to the Lord, yeah, Lord, I see it. I see that my mind has been in control of the way I think and my mind has been in the control of the way I live. Therefore, Lord, I'm going to change my thinking to what you think. Amen. Amen. Now, I'm not saying your life is bad, but how many of you like better? I like better. I don't want to stay the same. Amen. I'm not bragging on me. I'm bragging on Jesus. But I've been doing this same mind renewal for over 25 years now. And I'm still doing it. Daily, I have to read my word. Daily, I have to pray. Daily, I have to confess God's word. Amen. It never ends. And I don't want it to because he's got more for me. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know, when I first started getting a hold of this teaching, uh, it was actually Brother Kenneth Hagin that I got a hold of some of his uh, cassette tapes. That's how far back this was. And I'll tell you, it really opened up a whole new world for me. And I began to see that my life was an accumulation of everything I had ever been taught, uh, really since I was knee-high to a grasshopper. How many of you know what, what that phrase means? Amen. Some of the things I was taught were good. Some of the things I were taught, was taught were not so good. My point is, how I was raised and how I thought defined the way I lived. That is until I met Jesus. Amen. And I started changing my way of thinking to what he thought, but what his word says. And what happened uh, is I discovered that my old thought patterns may have defined who I was, but my old thought patterns didn't have to define who I was going to become. Amen. I'm a new creation in Christ. Old things have what? Passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And all things are of God. Amen. And when I get that in my mind and I get it into my heart and then I let it come out of my mouth, my life changes. I told you last week, and like I say, this is week three of this teaching. Uh, you change the way you think, you'll change the way you live. Amen. Hallelujah. See, when you get born again and find a Bible-believing church that feeds you the Word of God, then you're going to also find out that your life doesn't have to stay the same. Amen. Now, if you just go to a church that makes you feel good about yourself, then you'll never change. Because you'll think you're okay, just like you are. And, and again, I say this numerous, numerous times. This is not about you going to heaven. How many people are saved in here? Turn around, look at all your neighbors and say, praise God, you're going to heaven. So everything after you get born again is extra. But there's work involved. I told you that last week. W-O-R-K. You have to work for the things of God. Amen. Not salvation. Amen. But you have to be a doer of the word. Didn't James say that? Yes, he did. But ye, be ye therefore a doer of the word and not a hearer only. 
Because if you're just a hearer, all you're going to do is deceive yourself. He says, let not that man think he's going to receive anything from God. Or woman. Amen. Hallelujah. Gotten awful quiet in here. That's them lead balloons hitting the floor. Listen, I found out my life did not have to be the same. I found out that my marriage didn't have to stay the same. Amen. In other words, I found out that I could take the Word of God and literally change my life. I could literally change my circumstances. And brother and sister, I don't know about you, but for me, that was powerful. When I got that revelation that I don't have to be the same as I was before, that if I just put a little bit of, little bit of work in, a little bit of effort, I used to tell my kids, if you just put a little bit more effort into your homework, you'd make A's instead of B's. Well, I'm telling you, if you'll put a little bit more effort into your homework, amen, hallelujah, it's a daily walk. That's exactly right. My point is, hallelujah, I begin thinking uh, that my biggest issue in my life was how I was thinking. My biggest issue was stinking thinking. The way I was raised, the way I was taught. And again, my mama didn't, my mama raised her, us by three kids by herself. But she didn't raise us, raise us wrong. She just didn't raise us godly. And she's watching this this morning. Mom, I love you. Amen. And she knows it's the truth. We talk about it all the time. The way we both were. The way she was before Jesus and the way I was before Jesus. My point is, when we get a revelation of this proverb, that in 20, Proverbs 23, 7, uh, and we get a revelation of that truth that we are who we think we are, it stops us from making excuses about the way we are and causes us to do something about the way we are. Can I get an amen? See, it's more than just knowing we need to change our thinking. It's doing what it takes to change our thinking. See, I could look back on my life and say I was born poor, which we were. Amen. I was raised poor. I could look back and say, well, my daddy left when I was four years old. So it was my daddy's fault. My mama had to work three jobs. She wasn't there when we kids needed her, so we had to do all the housework. We had to do all this. We had to work for a living. When I mowed grass or I worked at a service station when I was 12 years old, I, I, took my, I had to buy, help buy my own clothes and what have you. I could blame all that on the way I lived my life. But you know something? It wasn't that at all. People raise you the best way they can. But you don't have to stay there. You don't have to stay the same way. Amen. I didn't carry that poor attitude into my future. Right. Matter of fact, it motivated me to say, you know something, I'm never going to live like that again. Amen. Amen. Now, I didn't know how to do it at first. And for the first, I don't remember how many years, uh, other than 25 years ago, uh, and I'm 67, 68 now. <laughs> Until that day, however <laughs> years that is, I can't add or subtract that fast. 
Until that day, I thought it was hard work, harder work, better job, harder work. That was my mentality. You work hard, you make, you make good for your family. How many of you have been raised like that? Okay, so it was a whole new thing to me to get into God's Word and says, if you'll, in Matthew 6, 33, it says, seek, me, seek ye first my kingdom and my righteousness. In other words, in right standing with Him. He said, then I'll add all them things to you. That blew my mind. Really? And at first, I'm going to be honest with you, I didn't believe that. I still say, even after I got born again, I thought, work hard. Better job, better career, more money, more things, happiness. Isn't that right? And there's a lot of Christians still living that way today. You know why? Because they're not renewing their mind. I'm not saying that's a bad way. That's just not the best way. Yeah, the Bible still says you don't work, you don't eat. I understand that. But see, there's a higher thinking that I'm trying to get us to. There's a, there's a higher thinking that says, lean not on your own understanding, Amen. but in all your ways acknowledge God. Amen? Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, we used to use uh, cliches like, it's a dog-eat-dog -dog world. So you better get yours while you can. Anybody ever heard that? I, I was taught to think that way all my life. My daddy, he was a good, hard-working man. I, I actually uh, came up here to live with him in Dripping Springs in 1971. He taught me to work hard, <laughs> get a better job, make more money, have more things. Amen? He never had his mind renewed. He's in heaven right now. Praise God, because he accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. But he never renewed his mind. And that's okay. If you don't want to renew your mind, you don't have to. Nobody can force you to. Are you, amen? Are you hearing me? Yeah. It's a choice. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. I could have used that former way of thinking to define what my future was going to be. But God, yeah. in 1997... At 6.30 in the morning at a roadside park in Wimberley, Texas, I met the man named Jesus. And He gave me two Scriptures and I'm going to get to them in just a moment. He gave me Romans 12, 1 and 2. And He told me at that morning, He said, Son, if you'll give me your body and you'll give me your mind, I'm going to make you rich. Not financially rich, spiritually rich. Are you hearing me? That's why those two scriptures have stayed in my heart. That's why I give them to you. Because if you'll get those two scriptures and you'll just fulfill those two scriptures is all in your life, God will make you rich. Hallelujah. But God, See, he showed me a new and better way of thinking. He, he showed me I don't have to strive for the things in life. 
He showed me that life doesn't have to be a struggle. He showed me that if I could just do something about my mindset, I wouldn't have to hope and pray for the best. I mean, people just say, man, I'm just hoping and praying for the best. No, you don't have to hope and pray when you confess the Word of God over your life. Amen. See, that's all I needed to hear. That's all I needed to hear Jesus say, that I don't have to stay the same. Hallelujah. So I started working on my mindset, and I worked on my mindset year after year and after year, and I'm still working on my mindset this morning. That's why I'm up here reading this Word and teaching the Word. I mean, you know, the teacher gets more out of the message than anybody else. Hallelujah. I started getting some of the old thought patterns out of my life. And I'm going to be honest with you, that was one of the hardest battles I ever faced. Getting rid of my old thought patterns. I mean, to actually think that I could actually have more than I grew up with. And I'm not just talking about things. That's part of it. But I'm talking about having a different way of thinking. Can I get an amen? amen? So this morning, I want to encourage you to continue feeding along these lines and continue working on uh, getting and creating a, your mindset. And it does take work. Amen? amen. But turn to your neighbor and say, it's going to be work. Amen. And that leads me to share with you this morning what I want to, uh, what the Lord has really put on my heart. I'm going to talk about, and this is the title of my message, the price of renewing your mind. The price of renewing your mind. See, you can choose to stay the same if you want to, or you can choose to change. Write this down renewing my mind is work. And renewing my mind is my choice. Amen. Renewing the mind is your work, and renewing the mind is going to be your choice. Amen. You have to be willing to crucify your flesh. Daily, Paul said. He said, I crucify my flesh daily. You have to be willing to live a consecrated and dedicated life unto Jesus. You have to be willing to live holy and acceptable to God. If you, uh, you're going to renew your mind, you have to do all of these. I told you last week, uh, some people have been asking me, well, Pastor, I realize I have to renew my mind, but how do I do it? I just gave you three points right there, didn't I? Didn't I? You want me to give them to you again? Did everybody get them wrote down? Yes. If you didn't, get a hold of the CD. <laughs> Amen. Not the CD, I'm sorry. Podcast. But the last one was live holy and what? Thank you, my sister. One person was listening. Here a while back, I had, a, I had an opportunity to be the man that I am. And I'm not going to mention any names because the person's in this room. <clears throat> but a person said, you know, Pastor, you said uh, we only retain 
And they said, you know something, I retain, retain at least 90%, maybe 95%. I said, really, what was my scripture for yesterday? Uh, I'll always test you. Praise God. Hey, you know, tests are good. Amen. You learn by tests. Hallelujah. Thank you, my sister. <laughs> oh, okay. Second <laughs> yeah. Corinthians chapter four. We're talking about changing, right? Amen. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse 16. You can just look at the monitor because I'm going to go ahead with it. It says, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. It's a daily walk. Amen? So in other words, you and I have to work on our mindset every day. Not just on Sundays. Not just on Wednesdays. Not just on Wednesdays and Sundays. It's a daily process. Amen. If you want to renew your mind. If you want to stay the same, just stay the same. Are you hearing me? Amen. We have to daily crucify our flesh. We have to daily consecrate and dedicate our lives to the Lord. We have to daily live holy and acceptable unto God. Amen. Everybody say amen. amen. Hallelujah. I like daily doing it. Amen. It makes me grow. I don't want to stay the same. But it takes work. And I'm willing to put in that work. How about you? Now, look at this in Romans chapter 12. It took me a long time to get here, but I finally made the trip. And this is our foundation scripture. But how many of you know God can still show us something that He didn't show us last week or the week before or last year? Amen. The Word of God is fresh and new every day. I can, I can prove that to you with this. How many people have ever read the Scriptures over and over and over, and then one day you're reading it and all of a sudden it's bam! Light comes on. Wow, that's what that means. Amen. That's why the Bible says faith cometh by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. The Bible does not say faith cometh by what you heard last week. It's what you hear today. Amen? It says now faith is. Now faith hears the word today. Amen? Romans 12, chapter 1, uh, verse 1. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, we talked a lot last week about verse 2, didn't we? Amen. But it's important to understand that verse 1 and verse 2 go hand in hand. In other words, verse 2 is really just a continuation of verse 1. Because the first word in verse 2 is and. That's a conjunction word. Amen? Amen. 
Hallelujah. And in verse 1, Paul is telling us that part of the renewing process is to present our body and our entire being. That means our spirit, our soul, and our body as a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable to God. The word present in the Greek means to yield. It means to offer up. It means to dedicate. It also means to be put on exhibit. So your life, your body, your spirit, your spiritual life, and your natural life is put on exhibit before God and man. How many of you know that? That's a scary prospect to some people. A lot of people, want to, they put on their Sunday best, but during the week, really, my life is put on exhibit? God sees me even in, during the week when I ain't at church? Got off quiet in God's house. Hallelujah. The word living in the Greek means to live a lifetime. It's a lifetime of giving your body, your spirit, soul, and body to God. Amen? The word sacrifice means to surrender. See, all these words I learned when I got born again in 1997. And I surrendered my life to the Lord Jesus Christ. I wasn't just going to church. See, going to church never did it for me. Amen. Even though back when Miss Cheryl was going to the same church and I was the head deacon of the church, I taught adult Sunday school so I knew the Word. I loved reading the Word. I loved teaching the Word. The only thing I left out from 1984 to 1989 was I was not a doer of the Word. Therefore, in 1989, when, when things really started getting rough in my life because I had never renewed my mind, when things started getting rough and I just wanted to blame God, I said, this thing don't work. I've been doing it since 1984. I've given it five good years. And nothing's changed. My wife hadn't changed. My children hadn't changed. I'm still living from hand to mouth, week to week, payday to payday. And God, it's all your fault because your word is not true. And I left the church. And I stayed gone from church. Went back into the mire. Just like the prodigal son did. I went and slept with the hogs. Not literally, but spiritually. And I slept with them until 1997. When on a Saturday night, well, actually, a Sunday morning, probably about 2 o'clock in the morning, the Holy Ghost told me to go to the roadside park and Jesus was going to meet me there. And I shared that with the two people in the room with me, that that's what I was going to do, and they both laughed at me. Saying, have another drink. Yeah, it, that too will pass. But it didn't pass. The Holy Spirit got me up that morning, and I went. And praise God I did. Because He started me on a, uh, uh, on a journey that has brought me to this morning sitting before you. Amen. Praise God. And I would have never thought. Matter of fact, when, Sherry, when Brenda brought that up and she said, Miss Sherry, and I didn't want to bring that up because it ain't about me. It's about Him. But when she prophesied that over me, I didn't believe it. Really? Really? Me? I can't even get rid of my drinking problem. 
I can't get rid of my smoking problem. I can't get rid of my cussing problem. Oh, I do on Sundays. But it ain't just about Sunday. Hallelujah. I'm going to move on. Praise God. Hallelujah. She said, no, cringy, because she never knows what's going to come out of my mouth. <laughs> hallelujah. But God. but God, hallelujah. Amen. It don't matter where we were. It's where we are now. Hallelujah. Unless you're in the same place you were last week. Mm-mm-mm. All right, let's move on. Part of our mind renewal process is dedicating our life to living morally clean. Are you hearing me? And we really have to do it. Listen to me now. We really have to do it in an age that is morally corrupt. You look around you. Darkness is filling the whole earth. Amen? And we're in that darkness every day. So we have to renew our minds so we can rise above that darkness. Amen. Amen. But we have to choose to live morally every day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You and I, my brother and sister, have to make that decision. Well, you and I have to make the decision that no matter what, no matter what others around me are doing, no matter what my other family members are doing, no matter what I see my guy, the guys on my job site are doing, or the girls down at the beauty shop are doing, or the people at the restaurant that I know are doing, no matter what everybody else is doing, I'm going to serve the Lord. And I'm going to do my utter best to live a moral, clean life. And you know something? It's not hard. It's hard in the beginning because we just keep battling ourselves in our mind. I told you that a couple weeks ago. The biggest battle you'll ever have is in your own mind. Devil bringing up thoughts saying, well, you can't do that. That's too hard. Jesus says you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Amen. We got to get our minds right. Like Cool Hand Luke. Got to get your mind right. How many of you ever saw that show? Ooh, it's a good show. Shake the bush, boss. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> we have to make some decisions. No matter what's going on around us, we're going to live for the Lord. Amen? Amen? You need to make a decision on how you're going to spend your time. You need to make a decision on the places you're going to go. You need to make a decision on the people you're going to hang out with. You need to make a decision on who you allow to speak into your life. If you're going to renew your mind, Paul says first, you have to get things straight. And especially as it pertains to how you're living. I think it's high time that I did a message I did about four years ago that says it matters how you live. It matters how you live. Hallelujah. You have to have good character. You have to be a person of your word. You have to be that person 
that you keep yourself morally clean. Why? Because all of these things that we allow into our lives and into our minds are going to affect our mindset. Amen. People who have uh, problems with pornography, they let the devil come into their mind and make them click. Or no, get, tempt them to click, but nobody makes them move that mouse. Are you hearing me? Devil can come into your mind and tell you to take drugs, but he can't make you take the drugs. Amen. The things we allow into our lives will affect our mindset. Think about it. If I live, just don't use me, if I live behind the scenes uh, in sin, and I live a sinful life behind the scenes, then I come to church and I just act like everything's okay, I'm good, I'm all good, everything's just hunky-dory. How many of you have ever been hunky-dory? Amen. How many of you know that's not going to work? How many of you know I can't hide anything from God? I could come in here and I could put my Sunday best outfit on and I can come in here and praise God, preach it, Pastor John. I can do all those things. But it's how I live out there that makes a difference. Amen. Amen. It's a daily walk, sister. See, all that really does is it creates a conflict in my own mind. Think about it. If you live a lie, you live out there one way and you come in here and live another, you're living a lie. And that creates a conflict in your life. It, it creates a conflict in your mind. And what that can do is the devil can even come into this room and while I'm preaching, he can put a, a spirit, a demon, a slumber on you because you're living a two-faced lie. Uh, you're living one way out there and you're living another way in here. And he can put that demon, a slumber on you so you'll just sleep all the way through the sermon. Well, that hit home. Y'all can't see what I can see up here. I see them two picks coming out to hold them eyelids up. Look, I've been a church goer. I've been on the front row most of my church life. First thing I learned was how to sleep sitting straight up. Looking down at my Bible like I'm reading. Then every once in a while, Brenda elbowing me saying, you're fixing to fall over. Some of the best sleep I ever got was in church. But God, hallelujah. Thank you, brother, for bringing me back to the reality. Hallelujah. Where was I? Stay off the fence. Amen. The devil owns a fence for all you fence riders. See, all that really does, it creates a conflict. I'm hearing God's word tell me one way and I'm living another. Amen. We need to get it settled, my brother and sister. That uh, the biggest part of our mind renewal process is choosing. Everybody say choosing. It's choosing to live right. That's what the church needs most right now today is people who learn to live right. Quit living on the fence. Amen. We've got to learn to live right. And I'm telling you, we're living in a world today that even the church 
is becoming ungodly. I'm not being critical, just everybody in there knows that, don't they? The church ain't what it used to be. Some of us are. Because we're not going to turn away from the Word in here. We're going to preach the Word and preach the Word only. That's what uh, Paul told Timothy. He said, son, preach my Word. Hallelujah. But we see the church turning away from the oracles of God. We're seeing the church become more and more ungodly. It's going away from God's principles faster than you may even think. People are leaving the church, leaving the Word of God, embracing false doctrine, embracing ungodly behavior, and it's polluting and corrupting the church. These things ought not to be, my brother and sister. Everybody say, but praise God. You and I are going to go upstream. Amen? We're going to go against the flow. Hallelujah. We're not going with the flow. We're going against the flow. We're not going to go with the flow just because it's easier. How many of you know it's going with the flow is pretty easy? I said, how many of you know that going with the flow is pretty easy? Y'all got to pay attention. I'm I'm setting you up. Jesus warns us about taking the easy road, doesn't He? In Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 and 14, just write it down. He warns us about taking the easy path. He says this, He says, Enter by the narrow gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And look at this. And there be many who go in by it. Verse 14. Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. Now watch this. And then he says this. There are few who find that one. How many of you want to be one of the few? Amen. I'm going to be one of the few. Listen, nobody can force you to change or choose the narrow path. I can't force you to take the narrow path. Nobody can force you to be one of the few instead of one of the many. Nobody can force you to live right. My brother and sister, it's all up to you. And how many of you are getting tired of this message? Don't raise your hand. Or I'll get at you. <laughs> You know what I was trying to catch? The person that's sleeping. Because yeah. <laughs> a lot of those times when I slept and the pastor would say something like that, I'd be going, and I'd look around and 4,000 4, other people never raised their hand. I'm the, only, I'm the only one in the whole church that raised my hand. I'm on the front row. <laughs> <Amen. laughs> Glory to God. Oh, man. You know, but it helped me. It helped me. It helped me to stay awake. <laughs> it helped me pay attention. Praise God. Amen. You got to live right, but it's all up to you. If you want to sin, you're going to sin. Nobody can make you live for God. How many of you know that? Amen. You have to choose to live for God. You have to choose to live holy. You have to choose to live acceptable unto God. You have to choose. 
I have to choose. Amen. I can't make you live for God, nor would I ever try to. My job as your pastor is to deliver to you those truths of God's Word. Amen. Then it's your responsibility. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's talking about you. Then it's your responsibility to take those truths and apply them to your life and to your mindset. Until your life, listen to me, gets in line with God's Word. You do it until your life lines up with God's Word. How I many person's life is completely lined up with God's Word? Sure, I'm glad we're not going to have to stop just to have an altar call for liars. We all, need, we all have something we can do, right? We all have some growing to do, praise God. That's my whole point. But it's our responsibility to take the truths and apply them to our life until our life becomes like God's Word. But I can't make you do that. Amen? I can't make you live right. I can't make you treat your wife right. I can't make you treat your husband right. I can't make you raise your kids right. That's your choice. I love Jake this morning. You know, they're, they're starting to pray in front of Sorry, He has no idea what they're doing, but hey, he will. He will. Just like uh, uh, Jason and Sarah. They're teaching their two little boys and their little girl to pray. Put in, pray, put, put in prayer request. I don't care if it is just always praying for your enemies. And God make me better. That's a pretty good prayer request, isn't it? Some of y'all need to put that in. Hallelujah. See, I can't make you dedicate yourself to God. I can't make you consecrate your life to God. I can't make you be faithful to God or your church. You're going to come to church if you want to come to church. You're going to read the Bible if you want to read the Bible. You're going to pray if you want to pray. And if you don't want to do those things, you won't do them. Look, you'll spend your time on what's important to you. All I'm putting out to you is the Word of God in Matthew 6.33 says, Seek Him first. That we ought to put Him at the top of our priority list. Instead of bringing Him out of the closet on Sundays. That was like a lead balloon there, praise God. It's your choice. Whether you're going to do God's Word or you're not going to do it. But listen to me. Your choice or your choices is going to affect your mindset. Whatever you give your mind over to is how you will choose to live. And I don't know about you, my brothers and sisters, but I choose to give my mind over to the Lord. My mind is His. Amen. And again, I realize we're not perfect. Nobody is. Everybody say it's a process. But at the same time, we ought to have a heart that says, Father God, I'm going to do what you tell me to. I choose to do the right thing. I choose to live right, Lord. I choose to walk with you. I choose. And all these choices are great. But listen to me. Choices require action. You can say all day long that you want to live for God and then not live for Him. And what are you? A process. You thought I was going to say liar, didn't you? 
See, I can't say to the Lord, I want to live right and then not live right. I can't do that. I can't say to the Lord, I want to get to know you better, but then I don't do what it takes to get to know him better. You see, those are just simply empty words. And there's a lot of people, a lot of Christians actually, that have a lot of empty words in their life. They say they want to do one thing, but they do something else. None of them go to this church. None of them are watching my live stream this morning. It must be that other Christian church. Those are just empty words. And Jesus said it best in Matthew chapter 15, verse 8. And just look at the monitor monitor, because I need to move on. It said, he said this. He says, these people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Brothers and sisters, getting to know God better and living for Him is a choice. And at the end of the day, listen to me, I choose whether or not I'm going to walk with God. I choose the things that I do or don't do. I do that. I choose the places I go or the places I don't go. I choose the things I allow in my life or what I don't allow in my life. In other words, I must take personal responsibility for the way I think and the way I act. And if I can control the way I think, listen to me, I can control the way I act. Isn't that what Proverbs says? As a man thinketh, so is he. Amen. I need to take control of my life. You need to take control of your life. And the only way to do that is to take control of the way you think. That's pretty simple, isn't it? Everybody say, yeah, but it's so hard sometimes. Yeah, I'm glad nobody said that. Anybody say that? All right. Hey, listen, I'm just trying to get out of Romans chapter 12. But see, we can see that just in these two verses, that's why I said if you could just do these two verses, you'd have it made. But we can see in these two verses that there is a price attached to renewing our mind. And you know what that price is? Your life. You've got to give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. You've got to make Him more than just your Savior. You've got to make Him your Lord. See, a Lord tells you what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. Doesn't he? Amen. See, God wants all of you. God don't want your leftovers. Matter of fact, God wants all or nothing. Remember I told you a couple weeks ago, it's better that you never even heard the Word than hear it and not do it. It'd be better for you to have a milestone, which is a big old heavy rock, tied around your neck and thrown into the lake then hear the word and not be a doer of it. Amen. I didn't say that. Jesus did. God wants all or nothing. He's not interested in your half-heartedness. He's not interested in your lukewarmness. He's not interested in how well you straddle the fence. He says there comes a time when you have to choose which side of the fence you're going to land on. And we're in those days right now. Amen? That's what the end of this age is coming to, my brothers and sisters. 
And that's coming, it's coming quicker than you ever think. And it's coming whether you believe it or not. We're coming to the end of this age. And you and I are going to keep our mind right. We're going to keep our life right. Amen? Amen. Amen. See, there's a sifting. There's a sifting going on in the body of Christ right now. Separating the wheat from the tares. And somewhere between now and the end, you and I have to make the choice. Are we going to go all in? Or are we just going to keep, just keep playing the game? I don't know about you, but I'm going all in. Hallelujah. All in or all out? One or the other. Everybody say the fence belongs to the devil. In other words, am I going to do whatever it takes to renew my mind and to be, live morally right before my Almighty God, or am I not? The Passion in Romans 12.1 says this. It says, Beloved friends, what should we be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? It says, I encourage you to surrender yourselves to God to be His sacred Living sacrifices. And now watch this. And live in holiness. Experiencing all the delights of his heart. For, in, for this becomes your genuine expression of worship. I want you to notice we're to live in holiness. Not just visit holiness. I said we're supposed to live in holiness, not just... Visit holiness. Amen. Thank you, my sister. We're supposed to live in holiness uh, and then uh, maybe just on Sundays. No. Maybe for a couple hours a week. No. Maybe a pastor comes over and visits. No. <laughs> maybe talk holy if pastor calls me and sees why I haven't been in church. 24-7. Thank you, my sister. We're to be holy and live in holiness all the time. Yes. Amen. And if we do, look at this. It says, we will experience the, 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 the delights of His heart. Yes. Amen. Now, think about that for a moment. Amen. Not what you delight in your heart, but what He delights in for you in His heart. Amen? And what God delights for me is all good. Yes. Nothing bad. There's no evil, no bad in God. Amen? Yes. So I'm going to do whatever it takes to get there. Amen? Amen? If I have to read my word, I'm going to read my word. If I have to pray, I'm going to pray. If I have to study to show myself approved, I'm going to study to show myself approved. If I have to witness, be a witness to you. If I have to give you my testimony, I'm going to do it. Amen. Whatever it takes. I want to live right. My question to you is, are you willing to do what it takes to experience God's goodness? Amen. If you are, say amen. amen. I'm trying to hurry. Now turn over to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 22. And just remember, you said you're willing to do whatever it takes. Didn't you? How many of you know this section to be a test? Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22 says this. It says that you put off. 
<laughs> Notice you have to do something. Turn to your name and say, you got to do it. That you put off concerning your former conduct or lifestyle. The old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. And be renewed where? In the spirit of your mind. So he's saying here that I, John Guillory, have to put off my old man. I have to put off my old lifestyle. So it becomes what? My choice. And it becomes your choice. I can't put your old lifestyle off for you, and you can't put mine off for me, can you? Amen. Now, you come around me, I might not live the old lifestyle, just like you might not live your lifestyle if you see me coming. But that's not putting it off. That's just hiding it from me. It never hides it from God. Because there's a scripture that says there's nothing that's hidden that will not be revealed. <laughs> There, he's got us covered in everything, guys. Don't He? There's nothing we'll ever be able to do without Him knowing it. You just get a hold of that right there. It'll make your life change. Make you quit saying some of them four-letter words when somebody cuts you off on the freeway. Instead, you just say, bless them, God. Hallelujah. He says, I have to put it off. And then verse 24, he says this. And John, that you put on your new man. That you put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and what? Holiness. holiness. There's that holiness word again. Amen. How many of you believe that God really wants you living holy? How many of you really know what holiness means? Look it up. Look it up. I said look it up. See, if you don't know what it means, you can't live it. And then look up the Greek word for it. Amen? Get you a Greek dictionary. Hallelujah. Thank you, sister. I'm trying to move on. Put on the new man. So as he says, you and me have to put, on, uh, put off the old and put on the new. We have to do it. Amen? Are you with me? The CEV, the contemporary English version in verse 22 through 24 says this. It says, You were told that, you are foolish, that your foolish desires will destroy you and that you must give up your old way of life with all, if I say all, with all its bad habits. Let the Spirit change your way of thinking and make you into a new person. Amen. Hallelujah. It says you were created to be like God, and so you must please Him and be truly holy. Amen. Notice it says we must give up our old way of life with all, not just some, but all of our bad habits. And let the Holy Spirit make us into a new person. By allowing Him to change our way of thinking. My brothers and sisters, listen to me. The most important decision, you can write this down too, the most important decision you'll ever make while you're on this planet is where you're going to spend your eternity. 
That's the number one decision you'll ever make right here on this earth. Amen? And there's really only two choices. Up or down. And I'm glad we got that settled. There is no purgatory except out here on 32. I live off of it, Purgatory Road. On Eden Estates Drive, amen. A little bit of Eden there in Purgatory. But there is no Purgatory. There is no holding place. You can't buy your way out. You can't pass go and collect $200. No. Uh, Hebrews 9.27 says this. He said, It is appointed but man to die but once. And then the judgment. And you study that out, it means every, when you suck your last breath on this planet, you either go up or you go down. Period. And there's no changing it. It's for eternity. And every Christian needs to consider that and quit playing church. Now, I'm not talking about people in here. I'm talking about other Christians that play church on Sundays. And they live like hell the rest of the week. Ain't going to work, guys. I'm just here to tell you the truth. The Bible says speak the truth in love. Amen? I love you. Change your way of thinking. Change the way you live. Amen. That's the most important decision you'll ever make. The second most uh, greatest decision you'll ever make is to renew your mind. Those two things, my brothers and sisters, are a must. Get born again. And renew your mind. That's what Paul is teaching us here in Ephesians. It's what we've been already heard and learned in Romans 12. And it's what you and I ought to be teaching others around us. Teaching those family members that they need to get born again and renew their mind. Get born again and renew your mind. Get born again and renew your mind. Say that with me. Get born again and renew your mind. Well, I don't know, Pastor. You know, that sounds a whole lot like brainwashing to me. I said, exactly. Yeah. And let me tell you something. Some of us need a little brainwashing. Yeah, here you go. Come on. It's like your mama used to wash your mouth out with soap. Some of you need to take some soap and wash your mind out. Amen. Some of us did need it. Some of us still need it. Hallelujah. I don't mind a little brainwashing. I welcomed it. Because my, my head's stinking thinking, guys. Don't look at me in that religious tone of voice. You've got stinking thinking too. Listen, before we got born again, we all needed a little brainwashing. Hallelujah. The point I'm wanting to make is there's a cost to renewing the mind. And part of that cost is putting off your old man in his sinful ways. And I'll tell you this, that's the most difficult thing you'll ever run across in your life. That'll be more difficult than anything else is putting away those old habits, those old things of your life. You have to work at it day by day. I had to proclaim before I quit smoking, I had to proclaim that, hey, I'm not going to smoke and such and such years. It was actually 1997 to 1998. I said, I've, been, I've smoked for 32 years, but I'll not smoke in 1998. You know, my wife would encourage me, well, baby, you know, it's hard to quit. 
I say, no, I'm not going to smoke in 1998. Well, you better, you better make sure. You better go get you the patches. You better, you know, take something for it. No, I'm not going to smoke in 1998. Now, did I go get the patches? Did I help get some help? As a man thinketh, so is he. My wife helped me. You better go get something. <laughs> Amen. That's not a bad thing. Let me tell you something. 1207, 1998, I quit smoking. And I ain't smoked another cigarette since. But I had to prepare myself mentally that I was delivered already. He delivered me on the cross. He set me free on the cross. Hallelujah. Glory to God. There's a cost to renewing the mind. And crucifying your flesh will be the hardest thing you'll ever do. John Osteen uh, said one time, not Joel, but his daddy John. John was a great Holy Ghost filled man. I don't, I don't watch Joel on TV much, but I know his daddy. Well, his daddy's in heaven now. But he said this, he said, how bad is your want to? If you want to be delivered, how bad is your want to? Hallelujah. How bad do you want to change? How much do you really want the things of God? Are you willing to separate yourself? Are you willing to be persecuted? Are you willing to be mocked? Are you willing to be made fun of? See, all those things happened to me. And then Brenda got saved. No, all those things did happen to me. I was made fun of on my job site. I had people call me a Bible thumper. I had people call me a holy roller. Saying I was so spiritually minded that I was no earthly good. And I'm going to be honest with you, when I first heard that, because I was young in my Christian walk, that kind of upset me. How many of you like being called names? And to my, life, my thinking, the way I was grew up, when you called somebody that name, you was making fun of them. Because I did it. I called people the same thing. See, back then I took it as an insult. Today, I take it as a compliment. They're the same old ugly accusations, but today I have a different mindset. Why? Because I stayed in the Word of God. Changing the way I think, and if I change the way I think, I'll change the way I act. My old mindset said go upside their head. No, really. No, just kidding. My old mindset said to return insult for insult. Well, I may be a Bible thumper, but you're going straight to hell, buddy. Like I'm playing God. Only God knows who, is, who ain't going to hell. Amen? But my old mindset said return insult, for return, return insult for insult, return evil for evil. My new mindset, which is based on the Word of God, says to forgive. And return insult with understanding. Because really, they're only speaking out of their ignorance. 
Jesus said it best as He hung on the cross. Being sneered at and mocked by the religious people of that day, He said, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. Brothers and sisters, it took a renewed mindset for Jesus to overcome the trials, the temptations, and persecutions He faced. And don't give me this way, yeah, but He was God. Now, if you read your Bible, you'll find out He came in the flesh. He became a natural man, suffering the same pains, the same mental anguish as man does. He had to to redeem us from what the Adam lost in the garden. Amen? So don't ever say, well, yeah, but He was God. Yes, He was, but God. But He... He stripped Himself of all the, uh, uh, His divine deity and power when He came and went into a man's body. Amen. He's still God. But He had to do that so when He died and was resurrected, He could resurrect the rest of us. And I don't want to start giving my Easter message, but that's part of it. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. It took a renewed mindset for Jesus to overcome the trials and temptations and persecutions He faced. And it will take a renewed mindset for you and I to overcome the same trials, the same temptations, and the same persecutions that we face. Can I get an amen? amen. It is my true belief that every born-again Christian can rise up and be victorious over all the powers of darkness, and over every trial and temptation that Satan can ever throw our way. Yes. Amen? Amen? That's what I truly believe. Why? Because my mindset has been renewed to the Word of God. Hallelujah. Listen, if I can believe I'm victorious, I can live victorious. And you can too. But here's the thing. You have to believe it. You have to believe this book was written by God to you. That was how, that's the biggest part of renewing your mind is believing that this is a personal love letter from God Almighty to you. And that everything in this book, He wants and expects you to perform in your life. I don't want to give part of somebody else's message away, but listen... If it was only about how God, much God loved you, then why wouldn't He just take us home right after we got born again? People say, well, why don't you ever preach on how much God loves you? Okay, God loves you. Now change. Amen. Now wouldn't that be kind of silly to come to church every week and all I said was God love you in closing. Or I give a scripture in John 3.16, For God so loved the world, He forgave his, gave His only begotten Son. Whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Wouldn't it be silly for me to just stand up here every Sunday and that's all I did? But there's so many Christians that said, well, I, I'm tired of you just telling us what all we're doing wrong. I want to just tell you, hey, start doing it right and I won't. You'll be in the amen section then. You'll go from the He's telling me everything I'm doing wrong. My feet are hurting. My back's hurting. Everything's hurting. To praise God, preach it, Pastor John. You tell them sinners. <laughs> Hallelujah. Get Graduate from the poor little old me, he's talking about me all the time, to the amen section. 
It's graduation day, praise God. Hallelujah. You have to believe the Word of God is written for you. Write this down. The key to success in the kingdom of God. How many of you know that's where you're at right now? So the key to success in the kingdom of God is get born again and renew your mind. Get born again and renew your mind. Can you say amen? Well, let's stand up. Praise God, I'm done. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a clap offering. I know your hands are I know your hands are sore because I stepped on them too. I love coming up on your porch. You got a comfortable porch swing. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, those are the, there could be no more true a statement than what I just said. Those two things right there is what God gave me in 1997. I've been working on them ever since. But the first thing everybody has to do is they must be born again. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, let me explain to you that being born again is not going to church. Being born again is saying, Lord, I'm tired of doing it on my own. And I need Your help. Matter of fact, that was the first prayer I ever prayed was H-E-L-P. Help me. Help me change from who I am. Who I, who I thought I liked, but who I really don't like. Help me change into what You want me to be, Lord. And He met me right where I was at. And He's going to meet you right where you're at today. With every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're in this room today or you're watching by live stream and you want to give your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ and again, it's not about coming to church or you want to rededicate your life to the Lord, you've been away from Him for a long time and you want to be like the prodigal son and come back to Him. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand and put it right back down. Hallelujah. God sees all those hands and He's going to be faithful to meet you right where you're at. If you're in this room today and there's some kind of sin in your life that, you know something, I've been there. And sin sometimes can just keep you in bondage. If you want to be delivered from that sin this morning and by faith and say, I'm not going to pick that up again. I'm going to put it down forever. If you want to be, if you're that person this morning, I want you to raise your hand and put it right back down. Hallelujah. With every head raised and every eye opened, God sees those hands. He's going to meet you and He's going to supply your need. He said, I'll supply all your needs. When you raised your hand, you said, I need help. And whatever it was. So with, I want everybody to repeat this prayer with me. The Bible says in Romans 10, 9 and 10, if you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and confess Him with your mouth, you will be saved. So say this with me. Heavenly Father, I believe Jesus Christ is your only begotten Son. I believe He died for me and on the third day, He rose again. I believe that right now, He seated at your right hand making intercession for me. Jesus Christ, Show me in Your Word what You would have me do next. Be my Lord. 
and I'll be your servant. Show me what you want me to do and I'll do it. Without reservation, without questioning. In your precious name I pray. Amen and amen. Praise God. Give the Lord another clap offering. Hallelujah. God is a miracle working God. If you raised your hand today, and even if you didn't, and right now in your heart you're saying, you know something, I should have raised my hand. God knows that. He knows everything about you. He knows every hair else on your head. So with you, if you're in this room today sitting under the sound of my voice and you changed your mind, you say, you know something, I wish I would have done that. He heard you. Amen. He's a miracle working God. And I always know this, that you're always next in line for your miracle. You're dismissed in the name of the Lord.